the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. My name is Julian Gibb, and blessed to have you join us. Perhaps you're listening in the car, on the radio, or you're at home listening to us on a podcast on the internet. Wherever you are, whoever you are, a warm welcome to you. So what have you tuned into? Well, this is the kingdom and its stories, and it's stories about how people have had a sense of God calling them to use the gifts that he has given them in order to love and serve their neighbor. And today we're very blessed to have Simon, and Simon is from Rwanda. So Simon, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Julian. Now, Simon, tell us, first of all, a little bit about your story. I mean, uh, you're currently in Rwanda, but were you always from Rwanda? Oh, thank you. Uh, I just want to let you know that uh, I was in Kenya before I came to Rwanda. Prior to going to Kenya, I was in Uganda. And uh, prior to Rwanda, prior to Uganda, I was in Rwanda, where I ran from when I was a refugee, to be a refugee in Uganda. And uh, in Uganda, um, I lived in Massacre, a place known Massacre, and uh, I lived with a missionary, a Baptist missionary, by the name of Glenn Lawrence. Glenn Lawrence was a missionary, Baptist missionary in the 60s in Uganda, but he was in Congo before. So because of the, the, the problems in Congo, he ran as well to Uganda as a refugee like me. But he started the church, and that's where uh, I came to know the Lord under their ministry. He and his wife, Dorothy, were the pastors that time. So I really thank the Lord that uh, from their ministry, I learned so much. And that's why I know that the Lord was calling me. He always encouraged me to go out to preach, even though I didn't know how to preach sometime. He would say, take the Bible, Simon, go and preach, you can do it. And sometimes I said, I don't know. But I said, go. And he encouraged me to do certain things. And uh, when I obediently did go, I saw God doing things, and uh, we would go to this village in Masaka, and I just gave him my testimony of God's goodness and how I came to know him, and when I came to know Christ, how he forgave my sins and how he gave me, uh, he helped me to reconcile with the people that uh, made me a refugee, to forgive them. And then I told them about... Uh, how I came to know Christ, drowning in the Lake Victoria, and uh, later alone I became a Christian by somebody asking me to pray to receive Jesus Christ. Anyway, 
But the story is that uh, um, I was drowning in Lake Victoria. But after that, like 15 minutes, I was in the lake. So I remember that night back in 1968, uh, a man of God by the name Dumi, and I was preaching, and uh, he asked me to come forward to receive Jesus Christ, and I did. That was the beginning of just knowing what God wanted me to do. And in conjunction with that missionary, I started learning the Bible, learning how to trust God, and obediently go out to preach the gospel. Yeah, but later on, uh, I, lived, I left Uganda. I went to Kenya. Kenya, that's where I really spent much time of my life. That's where I met my wife in Kenya and uh, had children. And I joined the Campus Crusade for Christ. Mm. And uh, I was the crusade for almost 18 years and with the church, Good Shepherd Church in Nairobi. And I was ministering to the refugees. Anytime I was in Nairobi, I ministered to the refugees. And uh, in collaboration with the food for the hungry, I would just go out, get some food for them, bring to them. And I share the gospel, and they would see that I'm just uh, trying to help them, not only with the word of God, but also getting them something to eat. So that also demonstrated God's love in, in deeds. So in, 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 in Kenya, that's where I actually learned so much. God was preparing me to go to Rwanda. And uh, uh, actually, going back uh, in 1965, Bob Muffet came to Uganda, to Uganda. That's why I met him. And we connected ever since up to now. And I was interested in what he was doing in ministry. And when he started the harvest ministry, he came to Nairobi. He met me. He, he did so much in terms of training in, in the School of Theology, NIST, Nairobi International School of Theology. And other places and other conferences he held, I was attending them. So those gave me an idea of what God wanted me to do when I returned to Rwanda. And what, what, did God, what did God want you to do? God wanted me to return to Rwanda after the, that big uh, war, the mm. genocide against Tutsis, in the preparation to bring healing, reconciliation, and restoration of that nation. And it wasn't easy. So, obediently, I went to Rwanda, it wasn't easy because it was challenging. They had killed so many of my relatives, my wife's relatives, but I took a step of going. So when I went, I thought, what is the best of helping our people? And uh, having acquired the knowledge from the Word of God, having acquired uh, more about uh, how I can uh, demonstrate God's love in a more tangible way, I think the best thing we can do to our people is to unite them mm. and encourage them to come together. But how do you do that? And let and let me pause you just for a minute because could you could you give a little bit of um, background as to what actually took place in Rwanda? You know, the the two peoples, the conflict, the massacre. What what happened and what was the uh, what was the awful result? 
Um, you know, 1994 genocide against the Tutsis took place then 1994. And um, uh, I think the cause of that war, I would say it's the devil. It's the devil who doesn't like peace. So God into these guys to, to, to start killing their, their neighbors, the people they work together, the people they live together, the people of the same culture, the people who they grew up together. But uh, uh, sometimes the governments are bad. So there was a bad government that was encouraging those things. Yeah. So later on, a new government came in of people from outside who were tired of those kind of killing in Rwanda. So when they came, they changed the whole thing. That gave us a chance of going there and a minister to our people after the genocide. But so many people died during that war. And it was very, very difficult. You know, that's hatred. Hatred brought by the devil. You wouldn't understand. You wouldn't believe that people who speak the same language, people who have worked together, they can turn like here each other. It's, it's incredible. So, um, what we did when we returned, we said, wow, how can we really help in this ministry? Um, of course, I have been acquainted with the harvest materials. I represented the, at one point, I was the, the coordinator for the whole continent of Africa. Another point, I was the coordinator of East Africa. But when I returned to Rwanda, uh, I was in charge of Rwanda, Burundi, and the Eastern Congo because I was also doing the Ministry of Reconciliation, church planting, and uh, other things to help my people reconcile and uh, to provide. So, so I would say Samaritan strategy, you know, which is a global ministry that um, encourages prepare, to prepare and equip the Church of Jesus Christ with the biblical horizon to carry out the message, that is really the message I had. And I have been so acquainted with these materials that uh, we helped people to demonstrate God's love in a more tangible way. And uh, as a church, after, say, when things settled a bit, when people have started uniting, coming together, reconciling together, how do we do that? How would you cons mm. how do you reconcile these people and uh, keep them working together? And I always say because because I'm a preacher and I'm also a visionary and a founder of Good Shepherd Community Church, it's good to preach, standing behind the pulpit. But demonstration of God's love in a more tangible deeds speaks louder than standing behind the pulpit. And that ha that's what has helped many, uh, many things to happen in Rwanda. Oh, we helped people by demonstration of God's love. We had so many widows. We had so many orphans. We had so many people, very poor, that needed uh, an encouragement. So, of course, we did the... Uh, vision conferences, discipline of love, you know, and so on and so forth. So, for instance, uh, my wife, late wife, when uh, there was a lady by the name Mary, her husband uh, 
died and uh, they had a baby, small baby. She died, of course, of HIV and AIDS. He died because of HIV and AIDS. So the mother stayed, but he had a baby. Oh, my. Today, that baby has grown because my wife said, hey, we can help you. So we raised up that baby. That baby has grown up to be a big woman. We gave mm. her education, primary school, secondary school. And now, believe it, she now has acquired university level. She's a very wonderful preacher, by the way. And uh, <laughs> she's, she's also a lawyer. She finished oh, studying the law. God. Yeah. So that's something that you could do, I could say. So that's one thing. But also... Well, let, let- Okay. Hold on one second, because I just want to unpack one or two things. You've come up with lots of, oh. lots of interesting <laughs> topics. and um, But before we do, you're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb, and today we're blessed to have Pastor Reverend Simon from Ru- Rwanda. Now, uh, Simon was just explaining that um, uh, he went to Rwanda after the genocide in order to bring peace together between the, the two peoples within that country who had been, well, there was a genocide. So, uh, Simon, first of all, tell us, you know, what what was going through your mind? Because I'm reading some notes here, and it says that you, you yourself and your wife, between you, you lost 70 members of your family were killed in the genocide. Is this correct? Yeah, around 80 80- uh, from my wife and uh, me, twenty-five, and, and, and yet you are going into this country to minister to the people who killed eighty people in your family. Is this correct? Exactly. Why? Uh, to be honest, I didn't want to go. Okay. Neither my wife wanted to go. But because God says we should go, you know, um, the book of Isaiah there, that chapter uh, 1, thing, chapter 6, I think, verse 8, who shall I send who will go for us? And uh, so we asked who would go anyway. And... Uh, because of the thing that has happened in Rwanda, I told my wife, I'm going to go. And she said, okay, you go, but I can't go with you. I cannot go to this country that has killed all my relatives. Mm. But I said, well, God has said that he, I should go. Or she said, I'll be praying for you, but me, I cannot go. So what was running in our minds, and sometimes we don't understand God thinks, but when God speaks, when he says go, we have to obey. That's a great commission. But in a challenging country like Rwanda, and in that situation, it was very horrible. But we obediently, I obediently took the step of faith and uh, obeying God, and I went. It wasn't easy, but I went, and I went and uh, my wife didn't come until later, later on when things have settled. But when I went, uh, I didn't even know what to do or know where to start. But when you obey God, when you see these people have killed your relatives with your own eyes, mm. 
and you you know you you want to bring them to Christ. You know, at one point there is a place where I went for a gathering, and it was for the reconciliation. And they asked me to share more about the ministry of reconciliation. Then I talked about Second Corinthians five seventeen. If anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. So and so and so. Then I asked the people who killed the relatives of the person we were with to forgive them. Somebody was saying, Simon, do you do that? Mm. We should pray for them to die. Not, not. How can you pray for these people to mm. be forgiven? I said, no, that's not what the Bible says. No, we are going to reconcile them to God. And then, because even Christ, you know, had a problem on the cross. He says, Father, forgive him for they don't know what they are doing. So, based on what the Bible says, and knowing what God has done for me as well when I came to know him. So, the best thing you can do for somebody is to help him come to know Christ, even though they have done so much horrible things to us. Mm. But because I obeyed uh, Julian, because I obeyed Judy, I obeyed God to go and take a step of going, sometimes when we obey, I think always, God will always guide our feet and he's going to keep us there, but we have to, uh, to accept the challenge. But it was not easy at all. It wasn't easy. You see all these people who died, more than one million, buried here and there. And uh, these are the people that God is sending us to minister to. So what was running in my mind was, uh, God, surely you really want me to go to these people? He said, yeah, I want you to go. So I obeyed, but it wasn't easy. And did, did God provide you? Because, I mean, I, I have no idea, you know, what that experience of forgiving people who did such awful things, uh, not, not just to strangers, but to your own family members, you know? And so, so does God, ha, tell us about this forgiveness process. I mean, I mean, is it a decision in your mind that you will, you will obey God? And then does God enable you to forgive or uh, tell us a little bit about that? How, cause I'm sure there are people listening on the radio now who people have done things to them, you know, and uh, obviously, uh, inside of us where there's unforgiveness, you know, um, that unforgiveness corrodes us. It eats us away inside, you know, so it's kind of kind of like a, a double injury. You know, we've been injured once, someone's done something to us, and now that unforgiveness eats away at us. So, 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 so tell us, I mean, did God enable you to forgive these people? What, what was that process? The, you know, first and foremost is that you, you have to be born again. You have to make sure Christ is in the center of your life. Because without Christ in us, we cannot do that forgiveness. I remember when I came to know Christ after drowning in Lake Victoria and uh, receiving Christ, one of the things that uh, the Lord uh, helped me to do was to forgive those who made me run away in 1959. And to forgive them, even when I was in massacre before I see them. So I said, Lord, thank you for thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for dying on the cross on my behalf. Thank you for such a wonderful love that you have really shown me. So based on the love of Christ, 
bestowed in me, then even Christ himself suffered so much, and they forgave those who killed him. So it wasn't easy, but knowing that I have been forgiven, and I can forgive those people who killed my, who killed, who forced me even to, to run away from my country. Why not? So, I told the people who were there. Actually, I remember when that missionary sent me to preach. I told the people who were there, I don't know even know how to preach, but when Christ came to my life. He gave me the ministry of reconciliation. He gave me a new life. He helped me forgive those people who made me run away. So if you want to know Christ, sure, get to know Christ, then that's the basis of the forgiveness. So I would say uh, it's not easy. And uh, I, I can't forget what has happened. I know it all. It doesn't even go away. But it doesn't bother me because Christ has changed me, has given me a new life. Because he has done me something good to me, that's Christ in me. He gave me a new life. He gave me a new sense of directions. He gave me a ministry of reconciliation. What can I do for someone else? You need to have that sense of desiring to bring other people into the kingdom of God, regardless of what they are. But based on Knowing Christ, that's the, that, that's the secret. So mm. there are many people, surely, who don't want to forgive. And, I mean, there are many people who say, no. Why? How can I forgive these people who killed so many people of my relatives? And I, I, I would understand them. But the difference that we have as Christians is that Christ has forgiven us so we can forgive the others. That's, that's the basis and I know somebody somewhere is saying, how somebody has really hurt me so much. How can I forgive him? Mm. How can I really forgive him? Brother, there is no other way. Maybe there could be. But the best way is to know that Christ in you, Christ in me, who has given me new life, new sense of direction, uh, is the one who can change the hearts of the people and is the one who can, hey, say, brother, I know you have killed my relatives. I know you have killed my mother. I know you have killed my father, my aunt, my, cousin, my siblings. But because of the love of God, I forgive you. And, you know, that takes courage. That takes courage, but you, you, it's, it's just God himself who can help us do those kind of things. And what, what, what I'm going to ask you to do is we'll, we'll have t- two, uh, two shows with you, Simon, because there's so much to talk about. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, fascinating, challenging, uh, but also encouraging to know, you know that, that from what you've been through and yet how God has worked through you to enable you to forgive such a heinous crime. And then not only to, to make you forgive, but then to act upon it to actively go out and to to love your enemies you know and so uh you know we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll move more into that because i think we've got like about two minutes left um oh. we, uh but i look forward to hearing about uh, these stories but before before we do end this one and go in and go into uh, the next one uh tell us very very quickly just to start us off 
Um, so you went into uh, Rwanda and you reached out uh, to people there. How, how uh, when you went in, what was your plan? I mean, how you just 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 walk into the country? What what was your plan? How did you even start to to love these people? You know, when I went there, it was too much around. We could see. Actually, the time we went there, there were dead bodies all over the city, all over everywhere. It was uh, all fascinating, and uh, you would even want, not want to do it. But we said, where do we start? We said, let's start with the orphans. There are so many kids left uh, by the war. So we get many kids, bring them together, start feeding them, get people to bring food, teaching them. That's the starting point, and we had so many of them. So we actually, we had as many as about 400 kids uh, in that center there, and we tried to get food to them, and that was too much for me. I did that almost for six months, then I left it for some, some other people. But then I said, let's go to preach to these people. Some were hiding, and we tried to invite them to church to Amen. a place where we can share the love of God with them. Because they were not trusting us. But we say, God loves you, brothers. We we love you. We want to be with you. And, and uh, that, I, I, I'm going to have to interrupt you at that point. But we look forward to hearing exactly more of what you're saying. You've been listening to the kingdom and its stories. May God bless you. May the Lord empower you to forgive others. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.